Father, we just come to you, Lord. We just thank you for bringing of all of us into another year. It's your faithfulness that brought us here, Lord. And in this beginning of this year, Lord, we want to surrender ourselves once again, Lord. Thousands of years ago, Joshua said, Lord, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. We stand today as one body, as the house of the living God. And we say, Lord, we just want to worship you. We just want to serve you, Lord. Whatever profession, career you have given us, wherever you have placed us, we are yours. And you come first, Lord. Let that break, that yoke be broken over every life. That fear to give God the best. The fear that comes from giving God the first. I break it in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Enemy holds people captive by fear. Let that yoke be broken. That we are givers. Extravagant givers. Our life, our everything is yours. We do not fear for provision. Because we know you as our father. We go to work so that we can give. And not just receive. Let your spirit touch your children, Lord. Fill your children with the spirit of the Father. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. See the heavenlies, Jesus says, there are two powers. Not equal. One is God, the other is the devil. Both claim, one claims to be a father, he's not, but God is a father. One tried to take a throne which was not his, a world which was not his, and a people that is not his. He's a taker. God is a giver. Divides humanity into two classes. Don't say, once upon a time I gave. God doesn't say, once upon a time I gave. He still is giving. Okay. God's people, givers, all their life. More and more like their father. The enemy's people, takers, more and more, they take. You see, I did, did not give you, but in the book of Ephesians, God tells his people, it's so beautiful what he tells his people who have come from darkness into light. It's an eye-opening verse over there in Ephesians chapter 4. In verse 28. Let him who stole, steal no longer. Okay? He worked, but his work was basically stealing. And that's how a lot of people work in their offices and companies. They come to us. Okay? Let him who stole steal no longer. But rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good. Meaning, don't take a job if it pays you high, but it is not good. Like selling liquor on 31st night. 
don't take those jobs. That he may have something. Oh, wait a second. That's not what we thought we are working for, right? We thought we are working so we could eat. God said, not my children. They eat because they are my children. They drink because they are my children. They are clothed because they are my children. They have protection because they are my children. They work because they earn to give. Because their father is a giver. You get this into your head, into your heart, into your spirit. Your entire concept about working will change. It frees you. It frees you to work. It's something the world will never understand. Only God's people can. Only God's people can. That sets you free, absolutely free. From where? Worry. Hey, I have a father. A father. He feeds me. He takes care of me. That's why, you know, Milton said in his famous ode, they also serve who stand and wait. Maybe you're doing nothing because God told you to do nothing. Like you told Elijah. Please don't tell me, come and tell me, Pastor, the Lord told me in 2019 to do nothing. No. He told Elijah, you have done your work, now let us see how it works out. Go to chariot and sit down. Don't do anything. When you're not doing anything, when you're used to doing something because God told you not to do anything, you're working. That itself is a work. Because it's very difficult for workaholics to sit still. And Elijah is a workaholic. He's a circuit preacher. You take this pulpit from us, me and Vijay, we wouldn't know how to survive. Our entire life revolves around this and this. And if God were to tell you, sit down for six months, it would be like sentenced to hard labor. <laughs> That's what he told Elijah. Go to chariot, sit down. And don't worry about food. It will come to you. Morning and don't stop your fasting. One meal, fasting, because you're a servant of God. Don't forget that. You eat morning, you eat evening, and you fast in the afternoon. Okay? Learn these principles. The disciples of John came to Jesus and they said, Lord, the Pharisees' disciples fast. John's disciples are fasting. I think the Pharisees' disciples came and asked. But your disciples are not fasting. He said, does the bridegroom's friends fast when he's there? Fasting Feasting no? He said, one day he will go. Then they will fast. He was telling something so important to us, which most people miss. He says, they don't need to fast now, because I'm next to them. But a day will come when they will fast, so that they always experience my presence. Fasting brings you closer to God, if you do with the right motive. It brings you closer because your senses are dulled. This stomach, these desires of the body was crying out, satisfy me, satisfy me. Like we said in the morning, you're dethroning king's stomach. And you separate yourself and you meditate upon the word you pray because all these intellectual giants over there in your mind is telling, be still. Be still. Be still. I need to hear from God. He doesn't speak to my intellect. He speaks to my spirit. I told you too many times this past week, right? 600,000 men, women, children, flocks, cattle, all their goods 
leaving Egypt. They thought they were free. They suddenly see the army of the Pharaoh, 600 iron chariots pursuing them. They are caught between the army and the Red Sea. Nowhere to turn. What do we do? What do we do? Suddenly emotions are kicking up. It was better for us to die in Egypt. Maybe we can go back and be slaves again. We don't want to die. Why did you bring us here? Minds, emotions, body, everything is played. Havoc. They have no way. Yet God speaks to one man. He hears. You see it's so important to hear. In the midst of a crisis. Where they can't do nothing. One man hears. To him God says. Stretch your hand. Stretch your hand. Stretch your hand. Lift the rod. About your situation. That's all it takes. Your way is clear. The way was open. Not first because he stretched his hand, but first he heard, stretch your hand. 2019, hear from God clearly. Hear clearly. As time goes by, we need to hear from God. Otherwise we'll all end up serving mammon. Because mammon wants our soul. He wants our heart. He wants our loyalty. Ultimately when he has everybody in his grip, he will finally tell them, you cannot buy or sell. Without my permission. You want to buy? Or you want to sell? You need to take my mark. That's what happens when we end up serving the spirit of this world. And God says, not my children. Not my children. So that's where we come. Where God says, I oppose the proud. While I give grace to the humble. When you're fasting, you're not fasting because everybody fasts. You are fasting because you are saying, Lord, I need you. And my body, stomach, when it is full, I feel sleepy, I am lethargic, I come to church, I I lose concentration. Therefore, I am fasting because I need to put my body to death and allow my spirit to waken up. I pray. Everybody prays, but I am not praying because everybody prays. I am praying because I cannot do without you. My dependence is upon you. Upon you. Abraham was an incredibly rich man. Thousands probably of servants and flocks and cattle. But you look at that man and track his journey in the promised land. Every place you go, there is a tent, there is an altar. There is a tent, there is an altar. Because he was a praying man. Not because of his riches. In spite of his riches. In spite of his riches. That's what God is talking about. Be a praying person this year. Doesn't matter what your salary is. One figure, two figure, three figure, four figure, five figure, no figure. Doesn't matter. Be a praying person. Say, Lord, I am dependent upon you. Because, Lord, I make so much. So I need to hear to keep or to give. Lord, I only make very little. So Lord, I need to hear how much to give. And everything, Lord, I am hearing to give, not to keep. The 
There was a time in my life around eight years ago when God told me, give away all the money you have. Everything you saved for 25 years in one day. One day, it was all gone. Set me free even more. I don't ask you to do like that. You have to hear very clearly from God. Because today, tomorrow, some people will go and give everything. Says, why you heard pastor say, I did not say. I said, God told me. Not you. These things are not emotional things. These are things very clearly. It's a witness. Your spirit, he speaks to us. God says, humble yourself this year. In fasting, in prayer, and be a giver. Generous. Cheerful, Lord, at the end of my life or before that, make me an extravagant giver. You know, I have told you, you know, if rapture takes place, I have told Lord, if the rapture takes place, by some chance, I still got some money in my pocket, take me upside down. I want to leave the rest for the poor fellows who did get caught. I don't want to go heaven by mistake with the coins in my pocket. Leave it that also. We don't want to take anything with us. When we humble ourselves, what happens is there is an overflow of God's grace into our lives. That grace is the anointing in our lives. That's the anointing. That's why we gave the first part of this year, last and the first part of this year to God in expectation. Because as the anointing flows, It equips us for his work. We don't work because we get a better salary. We work better because we have more anointing. Understand that. The difference between the world and us. We are not so zealous in our workplace because the salary and the perks are great. No. We are so zealous in our workplace because the anointing is flowing. In Luke chapter 14, verse 18 to 19, Jesus talked about the way he worked, the way we work. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. My prayer for everyone sitting here today is this year you will realize this is your real work. In heaven, no, on earth, in your workplace, you will be a witness. And people will get healed and delivered through you. You will have clearer vision, absolutely clearer vision. That it didn't exist before. And you would be actually be able to proclaim to people, this is the year of the Lord's favor. That's what we are. We are a different kind of people. That's what Psalm 23, 5 says. You have to see anointing in terms of grace. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You're anointing my head, but it's my cup that is overflowing. My life overflows and is touching people. Lord, when I go to my workplace, The anointing overflows. It's touching people. 
Little by little, people in your office, in your classroom, in your college has to come to you and say, pray for me. I see you are different. It's not you. It's the Christ in you. It's the anointing that is upon you. Because scripture says, in him was life. And that life was the light of man. In us, it's the same life. And that life should become the light of man. But that life is increased and magnified when we have this secret life with God. A life of fasting, a life of prayer, and a life of giving. That life grows in us. And that life becomes the light of men. And people will come. People will come. Whether he was a slave in the palace or a prisoner in the dungeon, both his masters knew God was with him. He was just an employee, but they knew God was with him. And it should be this true about every one of us. God, they should say, God is with you. Like Pastor Vijay said on Sunday, when one of his friends heard he's left his job at Triple IIT after IIT Kanpur and a PhD in robotics and you are a pastor, he looked up and said, Now watch, only you Christians do crazy things like that for your God. It's true. Let them think us we are crazy. Yeah, we are crazy about our God. It's no issue when people say, who is crazy about cricket? He's crazy about tennis. He's crazy about football. But when you say crazy about your God, why are you upset? Let them say, you are crazy. Pagal hai. Abke parameshwar ke baare mein. Pagal hai. Sach hai. Mein pagal hu. Kyunki wo mere baare mein pagal hu. That's the reason. That's the reason. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it increase. You will not know. Others will know. Your head is anointed. But it's your cup that is overflowing. You will think the anointing is only on your head. But it's overflowing from your life and touching people. Let it touch. Let it touch people. Because all this is connected with this year's promise. Last year he said, one thing, this year he gives us a promise. It's not the prophetic promise, but that's for the whole world. It's a prophetic promise for our church from Joel chapter 2 and verse 23. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. He will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Don't even wait for the second month. Don't even wait for February. Lord, I receive it. Lord, I am going to have a secret life with you. I want you to fill me with your spirit that it overflows. That this year, that's why everybody who was there says this year's fasting and prayer was absolutely different because he's taking us in a shift. If you are ready and you empty yourself by humbling yourself, he will fill you. He cannot fill full vessels. He can only fill empty vessels. That's why he says, humble yourself before God. You empty yourself. God says, I will fill you. I will fill you. He's the one who is telling us he will fill us. And you believe it. He will fill us. But remember, be continuously filled, scripture says. As there is outflow, there should be inflow. As God uses you more, humble yourself even more. So that he can fill you more. Israel had an issue. 
There are two issues you will see. Israel did not fear God. In Jeremiah 5, connected with this promise, 5.24, they did not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord our God. They did not fear. Who is he? Who gives the rain, both the former and the latter rain in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. They did not fear God. You and I fear God. Don't make the mistake of Israel. Don't make the mistake of Israel. Walk in the fear of God. Because scripture says the fear of God is clean. It keeps us from sinning. Walk in the fear of God. And he says, not only will you receive it in the first month, he says in the subsequent months, you are not receiving an overflow of anointing. I have appointed weeks of harvest for you. You will bring souls into my kingdom. It's a harvest appointed for everyone sitting here, if you believe. If you believe. Harvest. Appointed. Don't be foolish like Israel. The more you are anointed, the more you humble, the more in fear you walk. The more you fear in your walk. Because he's the one who gives the rain. Jesus told his disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest. That's the Holy Spirit, the Lord of the harvest. He appoints weeks of harvest in your life, in my life. Not only that, Connected with that, Isaiah chapter 62. First, let's read one to, uh, sorry, 32, verses 1 to 5. Behold, the king will reign in righteousness in us, in our life. Let that king reign in righteousness. That's when the Holy Spirit comes in power. The king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice. We ourselves will rule our lives with justice. And a man will be a hiding place from the wind. What does a man become? A man, every one of you, man and woman, in your office, in your workplace, you become like a tree where others find a hiding place because they feel they are secure in your presence because of the God who is in your life. A man will become like a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest. The storm is blowing. They look at you and they look at their calmness. In the midst of the storm, Jesus could nicely sleep. The disciples woke him up. They said, Lord, don't you care? He said, what did you say? He was the cover for them in the tempest. He said, be still. And God says, you can. There are so many tempest storms blowing in families. Wives. Coming to offices, sitting next to you, who is abused in their homes. Children who are abused. Going through tempest daily. And you be the coward. Because the anointing will break the yoke. God says, will you be that this year? As rivers of water in a dry place. How many times in life have you heard people say, you know what? When we come and sit next to you, you don't have to say anything. Can I just sit next to you? I feel peace. I feel peace. I tell my wife, pray softly. You are very loud in the bedroom when you pray. And when she's praying, she's pulling strongholds and every demon god down. I said that house and this house and all. I said, pray slowly. This side is a 
Hindu Marwadi family. That side is a Catholic family. And as Christmas, she will go give them everything. And they both said, why don't you pray loudly like before? Because when you pray, we feel so peaceful in your house. I say, don't play the music so loud. We shouldn't be disturbing. They say, why do you play your music so low? Because when your music comes, it is different from other music. There is peace in our house. And I always say, it's not because of the music or the prayer. It's because of the anointing that rests upon her. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Music doesn't break the yoke. The music that, the anointing that rests upon the music breaks the yoke. That's what God is saying. In the midst, rivers of water in a dry place. As a shadow of a great rock in a weary land. In a dry desert, you're going, it's so hot, you're so tired, and far away you see a rock and a little shade, and you go take shelter. He says, that's what you are in your workplace. He says, the eyes of those who see will not be dim, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Because of you, people will start seeing. Because of you, people will start listening. He says, do you know what the anointing does? Because it's not your anointing, it's his anointing. His anointing always breaks the yoke. It breaks. Also, the heart of the rash will understand knowledge. And the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. Did you look at this guy who never spoke in public until he started preaching? Petrified, stammered, no language. It's the anointing that broke the yoke. It was the anointing that broke the yoke. The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful. You will also have discernment. You will have incredible discernment. You will look at this man who is called wise in the world, you will know he's foolish. And this fellow who is actually a miser, pretends he's a philanthropist, he will know he's actually a conjus. You will have discernment. You will know what is right and what is wrong because God will give you discernment to see into the spiritual realm and know what people really are and not what they pretend to be. That's what the anointing does. That's why Pastor Vijay said on Sunday, Jesus said he would not trust himself to anybody because you knew what all men were. He knew. But once he rose and people got saved and the Holy Spirit came upon people, he entrusted himself into the hands of his disciples. Take my spirit. Go to the ends of the earth. That's what God is talking about. You'll have discernment. Six and seven. For the foolish person will speak foolishness and his heart will work iniquity to practice ungodliness, to utter error against the Lord, to keep the hungry unsatisfied. He will cause the drink of the thirsty to fail. Also the schemes of the schemer are evil. He devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words. Even when the needy speaks justice. Imagine if all the Indians' eyes were open like this. No politician will ever win in an election. Every vote will be not up. Nobody will win. Until one righteous man rises up, nobody will win. We'll have absolute discernment, God says. Not only that, let's come. The warning here. Let's come. Rise up, 
you women who are at ease not only women basically talking about here for us the church churches people don't be at ease don't be at ease ease is the most dangerous thing for being excellent in the lord don't be at ease hear my voice you complacent daughters when it comes to fasting when it comes to praying when it comes to serving when it comes to meditating upon the word people are very complacent God says, don't be complacent. These things of God, spiritual things, don't be complacent. Don't be at ease. Give ear to my speech. In a year and some days, you will be troubled, complacent women. He says, if you are complacent, be very sure. This year won't be the way you think it will be for you. It will be a year of overflow. but not for those who are complacent stone be complacent don't be at ease for the vintage will fail and the gathering will not come i have appointed weeks of harvest for you but if you are at ease and you are complacent about spiritual things the vintage will fail and the gathering will not come so she don't be at don't be at ease don't be complacent about the things of god things that really matter to god Tremble you women who are at ease. Be troubled you complacent ones. Strip yourself. Make yourself bare. Gird sackcloth on your waist. People shall mourn upon their breasts for the pleasant fields for the fruitful wine. That's what God has ordained. Fruitful wine. Pleasant fields. On the land of my people will come up thorns and briars. If you are complacent at ease, this is what will come. Yes, on all the happy homes in the joyous city. Because the palaces will be forsaken. the bustling city will be deserted the forts and towers will become lairs forever a joy of wild donkeys a pasture of flocks he says that is what will happen spiritually everywhere until you decide not to be at ease and you fast you pray you seek the lord and in verse 15 he says what will you do until the spirit is poured out born from above all the three places which god called me gave me from joel jeremiah and isaiah it's the same thing i will pour my spirit if you are not fearful if you fear the lord and if you are not complacent i will pour the spirit upon us from on high and the wilderness will become a fruitful field doesn't matter what 2018 was if it was a wilderness doesn't matter come out of your ease come out of your complacency he says you will be a fruitful field and the fruitful field is counted as a forest He says your harvest will be so thick it doesn't look like a paddy field it looks like a forest That's why he wants to fall upon us and fill us So this year 2019 be like God extravagant unselfish generous life As we come to the end slowly coming to the end we go to one more verse from hebrews 11 and verse 6 very familiar words but let us look at it in a different light without faith it is impossible to please god for he comes to god must believe that he is and that he is he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him all that we said today is about seeking him and seeking him first he says if you seek me first Who am I? A rewarder 
of those who seek him. Let me tell you the difference. There's a difference between God's blessing and God's rewards. They are not the same. He does not say, I am bless you. He says, I will reward you. You can be blessed with everything and yet not rewarded. God says, I will reward you. I will reward you if you seek me that way. I will reward you. Genesis 15 and verse 1. God comes to that old man sitting outside his tent. After these things, the word of Lord came to Abraham in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. That's what he's saying. Others I give blessings. To you I give you myself. You want the gift or the giver. Or both. That's what he's promising us. You see the promise of 2019? He says, I myself is your reward. Don't satisfy it with gifts. That are called blessings. Oh, I am blessed in my office. I got a promotion. I am blessed I bought a new car. I am blessed I got a new child. I am blessed. God said, that's all good. What about reward? There's a difference between a blessing and a reward. God says, I am your reward. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You get the difference? To those who have known God has the reward. God is their joy. God is their peace. But those who have not known God as their reward, God is not their joy. When things go wrong, their joy goes. When things go wrong, their peace goes. But God says, I am your reward. I am your shield. What he's telling us this year is, put me first. And see the rewards. See the reward in your life. You will experience me this year like you never have experienced ever. Final words for today. The rewards are eternal. Not just temporal, it is eternal. What a verse. This is Jesus talking, Paul talking about the rapture. The rising from the dead. But each in their own turn. Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong. God says something. If you consistently from today onwards put me first in your life, he says, you will be one of the first fruits which rises from the dead. Others when he comes. Not you. You yourself has become God's first fruit. Because you put God first in your life. There's a difference between the first fruit offering and the other offerings came that came through the year. The first fruit was separated for God. So scripture says it will be the same here to Christ. Then the first fruits, then the others. Who are the first fruits? People like Paul and anybody who put God first in their life. You will be my first fruit. So the reward is not just temporary. The reward is eternal. And it should blow our minds what this God is promising us. What this God is promising us.
He put us first. We put him first. I want the worship team to come back. You can close without singing. I want to sing that favorite song of mine, Rishi, leaning, leaning on his everlasting arms. We will sing, we will pray, and we will break our fast. It's an awesome, awesome God. Hold on to that promise. Don't wait for the second month. But if it doesn't happen in the first month, don't get discouraged. Lord, it didn't happen for me in the first month. At least second month, Lord. Prepare for your harvest. Come, let's stand. How can we sing city? weak in faith but Lord we want to cry out like that father Lord I believe help thou my unbelief Lord help us this morning Lord Father and I pray for all of us over here Lord Father we believe you you're a God who will not relent whatever you have spoken it will come to pass And Lord, we appropriate that in our lives, Lord. And whatever, whatever, whatever price that you're asking us to pray, pay for us, pay for that, O Lord, we are willing to, O Lord. Every sin, every weight that easily besets us and takes us away from the fear of the Lord. 
Father, we just cast it at your feet in this, in this morning, O oh Lord. And Lord, we just want to receive the promise that you have given to us, O oh Lord. We receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. And we come against every power of darkness, every stealer of our destiny, O oh Lord. Every plan and a purpose that is contrary to the work of God in our lives, we come against it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, your people, O Lord Father, will be, Lord, unbound in their hands and their feet, O Lord Father, so that they can release the prisoners, O Lord Father, in their workplaces, in their spheres of influence, in their households, O Lord Father. We believe for mighty works, O Lord. We believe, O Lord Jesus, that there will be a harvest, O Lord, of souls in your kingdom, O Lord Jesus. And Lord, we are, O Lord Father, will be your disciples who will be the harvesters, O Lord. And you said, O Lord, behold, the harvest is already here. And the man who is going there. He's already earning wages for eternal life. Oh, Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, you will find, oh Lord, several people in this congregation, in this place, oh Lord, Father, who will believe, oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, you're no respecter of persons, oh Lord. From the youngest to the oldest, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can even ask and we can even think, oh Lord. And therefore, we will not shorten your life in our li- your hands in our life, oh Lord, without because of our unbelief, oh Lord Jesus. Father, we believe. We believe and therefore we speak, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father, for your promise. Thank you, Father. The sun will not smite us by day, nor the powers of darkness by night. The Lord will preserve us from all evil. He will watch over us in our goings out and our comings in until, O oh Lord, the promise that you have spoken out of our lives will be fulfilled in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Father, let the anointing start to flow now, Lord. Let the anointing flow now, Lord. Not tomorrow, today, Lord. Now. Let it start flowing into the lives of your people, Lord. The anointing that breaks the yoke. Let it break the yoke of sickness in bodies. Let it break the yoke of addiction in lives. Let it break the yoke of despair and discouragement in lives, Lord. Let it break the yoke of financial lack in lives, Lord. Oh, Father, let it break the yoke of fear in lives, Lord. Let the anointing flow, Father, now let it flow. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled to the overflow. Let your cup overflow. Not tomorrow, today. Let it start overflowing. That when you return back home, your parents, your people in your family will know you have not come back the way you went. Let this year not be the same anymore. Starting today, touch our children, touch our babies, touch the babies in the womb, fill them, Lord. Fill them, Lord. Let them know who you are, their heavenly Father. Let them start calling out now itself, Abba, Father, O Lord. Fill them, Father. Let the anointing break every yoke in families. Misunderstandings between husband and wife. Let that yoke be broken in Jesus name. Between parents and children. Let it be broken in Jesus name. Let the anointing flow. Let every captive be set free. Let the oppressed set free. For this year is the year of the Lord's favor Lord. I speak that into lives Lord. This is the year of the Lord's favor Lord. For everyone. Everyone here, every one of our churches, everywhere in the world, Lord. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year of overflow, Lord, of abundance, oh Lord. Our cup will overflow, Father. Thank you. Thank you. We receive it by faith, for Lord. We receive it for our churches, Lord. We receive it for your people, Lord. 
Thank you, thank you, Father. Bless your people. Make them a blessing wherever they go, Lord. But above all, I pray, Father, every one of us, keep us humble, Lord. Keep us humble. Keep us close to you, Lord. Keep us humble, Lord. Keep us humble, Lord. For grace is given only to the humble. Keep us humble, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Now by faith, we your people lift up holy hands. And we bless your holy name, Lord. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name, Lord. And we proclaim, thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, now and forevermore, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All this we ask and we pray in the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us now and with increasing measure as each day passes by, Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you and Happy New Year. And this is going to be a very, very special year, if you believe. Hallelujah. <laughs>